episode of Tuesday night where sometimes we talk about music on the Tuesday night music show with uh, Jay <laughs> sitting there hanging out. What's up? Okay. Who, by the way, did not hey, hey, Brian. do what I asked him to do last night. <laughs> I did not. I had a lot of stuff today. I did not. Yeah, next week, yeah, I'll make yeah, the cuts. Yeah. I'll diet. Got to diet. You I'll got do to. it. Looking for the Keanu lines and, and the Grecian formulas. Got to get the dark and then got to get the Keanu lines right there. I know. Yeah. I was looking yeah. at a picture today. I'm like, oh, I got to. You guys, it, you guys either had a beard. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And the thing I think oh. I don't like is I have a bad habit of doing. Let me just get a. Oh, wait a little more. Oh, oh, damn it. Oh, oh. And before you know it, you've shaved it off. <laughs> I'm not good at yeah. like. I need to get like a piece of cardboard. Like all you got to do is go zoop, zoop, and you're done. Yeah. Yeah. That's all. And we yeah. have Halloween. One, one, one time, one time I did it. I did the Movember thing for cancer or whatever it was. And oh, that yeah. was it. I was like, ah, this is a pain in the ass. I'm never doing this again. Yeah. I'm, well, I know I'm, why women lose totally their good. eyebrows and stuff because they start just a little and then they, they can't stop themselves. <laughs> I'm terrible doing shrubs, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. I started with an eight-foot shrub wall, and I, I ended up with, like, two feet. Yeah. Like, it's still not even. <laughs> How you doing, Howie? I'm doing really good. I watched our lead-in show, and the comments just made me very happy. We get a lot of really nice people. Hopefully, we'll get nice people tonight. What was yeah. Hopefully we do something tonight that they actually like. Yeah. yeah. Alex the Bubble put a link in the chat. Did you see it? Yes, I did. Mm-hmm. Do you know who that guy is? Not. Yeah, I saw your comment. I was like, oh my gosh. Like he got in some sort of trouble. Right. Yeah. Well, that yeah. was, uh, it was DJ Mag put up a video recently. I mean, like a couple weeks ago, and Alex shared it. And it's basically a, a video that was floating around in the, I think the late eighties called Cameron Paul tells all mm-hmm. the DJ Cameron Paul, who was yeah, a San Francisco guy. Then. He was kind of the, the guy with the mustache. He was doing like a class thing or yeah. Yeah. That's Cameron Paul. Yeah. I've uh, seen that. I, I love Cameron Paul. I love his mixes. I don't know mm-hmm. if you're familiar with them or not, but a little bit, a little bit. He, Cause I've seen he, that I wish, video. I wish I could play on the show, but we get flagged. A, there's a track by a, a, a band or an electronic act from Germany. I believe they're from Germany called CCCP, which is a Russian, you know. Yes. I was going to say CCCP sounds familiar. Right. But the, the yeah. track is called American Soviets. And mm-hmm. it's from, right. I think, I think 85, 86. Yep. Okay. And, and it's, a, it. it's a club staple. Like yes. it really is. But then Cameron Paul does a remix of it in like 88. Oh my gosh, it's a different track and it's relevant. And I played the Cameron Paul remix of American Soviets probably through the mid 90s as like a relevant club track. Wow. Mm-hmm. And it's really good. After the show, I would love to kind of give you a before and after of that. Housey or dancing? After you, huh? Housey or dancing? Like, Housey is like a house track versus a dance track being. Like you know, Jay, it would almost fit into your dark wave set. Oh, it's like a dancey track, but it's kind of dark. It's oh, cool. Yeah. And, and what I'd love to do after the show is just show you what it sounds like. The original versus the Cameron Paul treatment. It's impressive. Mm. This yeah. is a guy that that I always really admired. And I think it was it was late 1990. Uh, long story short, 
I ended up in San Francisco one night with my cousin and she took me to the Palladium in Chinatown downtown and Cameron Paul was the DJ and I didn't really understand what that meant at the time um Mm. I'm like okay and then I got home wait a minute he's the guy on my records that was the guy so yeah yeah really if if you get a chance check out Cameron Paul uh he, he did some amazing remixes of other artists tracks did some of his own stuff big time DJ he got in trouble for a payola thing oh. in, I don't know the early 90s sometimes after I saw him mm-hmm. and he passed away a couple of years ago he had been working as a veterinarian assistant in Tulsa Oklahoma for the better part of 25 years wow just was he DJing away at all at the end or no huh I walked saw. away he has walked away from it moved to Tulsa Oklahoma and became a veterinary assistant wow and this guy was a rock star. If this, I mean, DJs weren't like a thing then and remixers weren't a thing then, but if they were, this would have been Calvin Harris. Wow. Mm. You know, this, this would have been Zed or just somebody huge, you know, that's, or it would have been Fatboy Slim or something like that. The guy was just that good. So if you don't that's know awesome. Cameron, Cameron Paul is, I urge you guys to, to look him up and yeah, check look him it out. out. I'm looking forward to, the after party. Yeah, party. I'd like to, play that. to turn you guys on to some of his yeah. work because it's, no, it's really awesome. good. It's really Maybe good. Maybe he got too old. Maybe he just walked away. <laughs> well, he, he died of cancer. Oh. I mean, from DJing. He no, probably. Out. No, he said he got caught up in the payola thing and he that couldn't, too. couldn't get work. So Jay's poking the badger. We've, yeah. we've had a bit of a, a disagreement <sighs> on this. And and uh, I'm standing my ground on it. Jay's standing his ground. It's an unmovable force. Meets yeah. an unmovable force. It's I don't weird, even know what's worth talking argument. about. I don't. It's not. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> not. Skip. Skip. Yeah. No. He got a uh, the DJ Times thing was I think where I first heard of him. And I did a little oh. deep dive on him. He had some great material. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like you say, he had it been today, he would have been huge. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was all over yeah, Clubland, and the cool thing about it was. Remixes. You heard him in house clubs. You heard him in hip hop clubs. You heard him in freestyle clubs. He yeah. wasn't like this pigeonholed guy for dance music. He was going. He was all over the place. He seemed really intelligent about it. There's a video of him. I think it's like what we would call like the old guitar licks, where they would take famous guitar yeah, that's, players. And that's be like, the video I was talking about. Cameron yeah. Paul tells all. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's it's great the way he explains things. How depth of knowledge he had as far as music is concerned. Yeah. He he knew his stuff. He was innovative. He he uh, produced a lot of artists and yeah. a lot of tracks. And he yeah. didn't look like it though. Well, he was. He, he had was, that '80s kind of like bit of a mullet thing, with the yeah. mustache and yeah. the like silky kind of vibe. Yeah. Oh yeah. He was very nineteen. Like he was shopping at Tellos. He was very nineteen eighty five. Yeah, yeah. But he was he was so good. When Oak Tree was closed, he would roll yeah. over to Tellos. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, you think of the song Diamond Girl by Nice and Wild and you picture his face. You yeah, know? yeah, totally. And, and an Iraq Camaro, you know. Yep. So. <laughs> and when he gets in, one one more button gets undone. <laughs> you gotta let that chest hair dry up. You're in a brooch, you know. They, yeah. Yeah, those, yeah. Middle oh, of the day. Polo. What are you That's doing with a bolo? Polos. Yeah. Yeah. Why you got a bolo tie on? <laughs> it's two in the afternoon. It's my joint, man. It's my joint. <laughs> 
This is my fly walk aware. Oh, okay. It is. Okay. I got yeah, the you. man. The man probably lived in Z calves, but yeah. Oh yeah. No, I, don't don't let the looks deceive you. The dude is good. The dude was solid. He was solid, super solid, good. Solid. Super super good. Just a, just a, a DJ. You know, just one of us. I don't think we know our history the way we should. Well. well you're the one that said there's so much music out there, we're never going to get to hear it all. And yeah, how unfortunate it is that there's so yeah. much good music out there. I think that's very sad that there's well, all this good music out there. It's de- it's depressing. We talked about this at the end of the year, our last show, which should air sometime around July 4th. Um, <laughs> about every show bringing up something. So maybe this is the start of the new year. Maybe Cameron Paul is our first artist or first. Mm-hmm reference and then sure. next week we do another and because we could we could rattle off 20 names of people that most djs that i know uh-huh. if they're not into that club scene house scene aren't aware of well and cameron cameron you know, was actually very mainstream you know but yeah i mean that's the way i knew him yeah but if you ask 100 djs at a mobile beater dj expo how many of them do you think know who cameron paul is the old guys that know uh you have a point there yeah yeah or the david mancuso the old guys well, would know. I mean, who right, they would. No, the no. It's, you have you know, to know David Mancuso. I mean, I'm uh, thinking, well, I think you'd be surprised. You'd, you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. The, the dirtiest secret really? is I turned Jay on to David Mancuso. No, he did. And I ended up watching a big documentary on him. And then I, because I'd just gotten into Larry LeVan. And I'd gotten a Larry oh. LeVan remix with um, Inner Life and Jocelyn Brown doing yep, Ain't No Mountain High right, Enough. Yep. And I played it like probably 2010, 11 on New Year's Eve at the, my mm-hmm. the gay hotel where I did the New Year's Eve parties in San Diego and the room erupted and it was after that I talked to Brian he's like oh Dave Mancuso I'm like who and I didn't know who he was I, well, the I name didn't ring a bell with me I have, I have the unfair ad- advantage well, you were there I worked in New York yeah, so you, you yeah. were downtown yeah, too yeah, yeah. where well, the loft his, was. was yeah his name was all over so, well you know. well Jay was asking about some stuff and i loaned him a book that i never saw again called last night a dj saved my life the story of the dj oh, it's always right close there. to my heart brian just so you know it's it's being well cared for should have signed that thing it's in the same shape someday you'll get it back in the same shape <laughs> yeah. yeah i'll hold my breath How's you know that? what i'll tell you what i'll make a deal with you when i do return it i'll give you my copy of adventures in clubland okay but you familiar with this read no i'm not that's yeah, this read. this goes back to England, and to show you how insanely old this is, here is a picture. I think that's uh, that's definitely Larry Levan, right? Um, and I mm-hmm. believe there is a very young. Where's oh yeah up here the blurry photo where my finger is? That's Paul Oakenfold. Oh jeez. Oh yeah, this is like Hacienda days. Wow. Oh yeah, no, this is a good read too. And it's so so tell us more about it, Jason, since we're on the music show. Recommend this book to others. Adventures in Wonderland. It's a decade of club culture and it goes back and it's really that, you know, kind of so late. what is it, eighty to ninety kind of thing? More like mid eighty to mid ninety. Okay. Like is- kind of where New York started coming up, the warehouse days. It kind of really covers all of that stuff. It's sort of like Starts with the Frankie Knuckles with Larry Levan as a friend mm-hmm. in New York, and then pre oh, that was early 70s. Does it cover the club kids thing? Remember not really, not really. 
not you know, not those ones, not the like the weird like, ones. No, it's really like, more of the deck of the DJ perspective. Right, the DJ perspective oh, okay. stuff is it's the stuff I like too, and that's what the book mm-hmm. I loaned you was all about too. Yeah. yeah, which starts with like the French disco shakers. And- it goes back to like the shakers and stuff. Just weird, like yeah. There's like there was a shaker thing going on in Waukesha here. I mean, that was a thing, and uh, they talk about storytellers well, you, and you know, you look at how much culture changes. I used to do tea parties um, on Sundays, which back in Boston when I was living there, everyone knew about Provincetown, which is a huge gay mecca. And right. they would have Sunday tea parties mm-hmm. or tea dances. Okay. And tea dances would run like noon to four, one to four, one to three, some, you know, somewhere in the afternoon. It would really be more for people that had had a great time Saturday night, go out the next day, have a little food, dance and party, and then get home early enough to get a good night's sleep on Sunday. That's cool. Oh, I like so that. So it night. became like a staple yeah. in the gay community of clubs where I knew. Mm-hmm. And I talked to one of my clients I had two grooms last year, and I remember saying to them something about, oh, sort of like a tea dance. They're like, what? I'm like, a tea dance on, like, Sundays. They're like, I've never heard of that. I'm like, they don't do that anymore? And they're on their phones looking up, and they're looking at each other like, how did we not know about this? <laughs> they're like, why does the straight DJ know more about the gay community than we do? We're gay. Yeah, and I'm right. like, <laughs> but if you're not into that club scene, sure, you know, Hex Hector... I said to him, I'm like, oh, do some Hex Hector remixes. And they again. And I'm like, oh, um, we'll, we'll just, we'll just do some new stuff. Every Everybody's different on it. This is more for where DJs kind of came from and where, you know, not the origins of music as much as the origins of how a DJ would find his way through that 80s, 90s period. Now, when I, when I loaned you that book, I, I did it because I really felt like that the perspective would be helpful for you to yeah. and, and was i right yes yeah how, but i how like you, knowing the history how do like, you, i like, like knowing about robert johnson i don't like stu- and years and years and years ago i read a great article where um robin trower the guitar player said if you want to learn how to play guitar don't listen to me right listen to what i listen to find right. out who i like go listen to chuck berry and howlin wolf and sonny boy williams and uh-huh. You know, well, and Robert, and for, Mon, you know, for the audience's perspective, Robin Trower was the guitar player for Procol Harum. Yes. And he went on to have a, his biggest hit's got to be Bridge of Size. Did his Bridge own of thing. Size. He was yep. not a Hendrix player, but yet sounded much in that same vein. So people yes. were accusatory, like, oh, he thinks he's Jimi Hendrix. It's like, no, yeah, he, he's, he's totally really different, good. but he just had a sound. Yeah, well, be, beyond just kind of knowing. You know the history which is always nice uh, how have you been able to uh implement or perhaps be um inspired by what you read i i think the inspiration comes from the fact that it makes you slow down and what i mean is it makes you think deeper about the music because you read things like you take for granted right now that I can get on my computer and I can pretty much find any song I want, right. any generation, sure. any period, any remix. Let me get a mashup of it. Let me just download an instrumental of it. This was a time when you only had one format and you had to make that work. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> the days of DJs even realizing, well, what if I have two records 
and I go back and forth and I can extend the song out mm -hmm. and the Francois K days of like, I'll remix it by making it longer or I'll right. add this and then I'll go back to that. It, mm -hmm. it, Are you making uh, 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 one of my things, Stonewall references on me here? Francois K, um, no, that's mid 70s New York. I don't think he was Stonewall. I think he might have been. Fran you, you don't know Francois K? I know you know Francois K. Well, I'm just saying, I, I think that he Francois K was Jelly Bean Benitez, period. Like, after this, Jimmy will tell you. Yeah, Francois K was, like, one of the first remixers. What I was getting at, I guess, is that, I, I don't know. I, I think the perspective is interesting, too, and, and that's why I like it. I was yeah. thinking about, you know, if you wanted to extend an intro to a song, you had to loop it. And yeah, mm -hmm. to loop it, mm -hmm. you need two copies of something, and to uh, make a transition from one song to the next song that you were looping, you needed a third deck to do this. Right, mm -hmm. and and that that was like you're juggling three tracks and trying to keep the beat right. That that's hard. Um, it's not impossible. You can do it. It's not, you know, voodoo or 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 supernatural. It just takes a lot of practice and a lot of. Um, just concentration on what you're doing right and and i remember when i first got serato I, the first thing i thought to myself is i don't need two copies of anything anymore right because i can just drag and drop the same copy in deck one and deck two and make a loop yeah that's or, or then you hit a button and it just makes the loop exactly yeah. and that that's what yeah. i'm saying i mean yeah. You know, the, the next version of it, whatever I got, it's like, what is this in-out loop button? Oh, my God. Yeah. All you have to do is hit this button to make it happen, and you can make it one bar, two bars, four bars, yeah, eight bars, 16. You can do whatever you want. Whatever Whoa. You want. This is yeah. magical. I've worked, I've worked with DJs with Rekordbox, and I won't name names because they're well, well-known DJs. And they're looking at me, and I'm trying to explain, you know, the setups on – Everything and like, what's the Q button? What's this all about? These these are never played on CDJ vinyl guys, right? Like, what what am I doing with this? I'm like, you know, where you set in your hot cue, like, and and they didn't get it because it was not in the realm of what they did as DJs. Okay, they mm -hmm. were record players. Sure, they only played vinyl. That and it was like, wait a second, I can set this up ahead of time. Because then you see their creative juices start flowing, and right. they were like, "Oh, I would totally do this." And I don't know if you guys remember, you know, people play a track now with hot cues on it. You can have like eight, sixteen cues. You know, you can go to town. Memory points. You can go ballistic. When I first got my CDJs, they had three hot cue buttons that I could set on three different songs, so I could sit here and hit hot cue A. Track starts here. Then hit B, it was a different song in a different section. And then C, another song, another section. So I would set like an intro for a wedding with three tracks. I'd just be A, B, C. And then all of a sudden I get the new CDJs as we move forward. And it's like, why isn't it going to a different track? Oh, no, it's all in the same track. I'm like, well, that sucks. They're like, why? Don't you want multiple hot cues on the same song? I'm like, no, I could create those on the fly, couldn't I? I'd rather be able to go to different songs. I think this is cool. So you can sit there and keep hitting hot cue B and have it just be a sample. Right. But that's the, the gear I started on. So that's what I had to learn with.
Oh, mm-hmm. sampling was was another one that that I mean, oh my gosh. I don't I think I would have been dangerous if I would have gotten my hands on <laughs> like like a 16-bit sampler in the late 80s, early 90s that I could bring with me to my events. I think I would have been dangerous. I mean, well, I had the look at the DJs that Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say, I remember I had the, the little Casio thing where you could put a sample in it and play it on the keyboard, and that was fascinating, but it really wasn't anything I'd use at a gig. And and then, you know, my my friend, my my who was my friend, had a Fairlight series, too, and, you know, the CMI, and, and which is all over the Cameron Paul stuff, by the way. And I'm curious, did he have a CMI? Because this is neat stuff. But right. that's the sounds that you heard in, like, all the tears for fear songs like shout that's all fairlight cmi that's every sound you hear in yes is owner of a lonely heart peter gabriel used it a lot peter gabriel used it a lot yes yeah. absolutely uh in your eyes and that kind yeah. of stuff and right and art of noise beatbox easy top used it on the afterburner album yeah mm-hmm. pet shop boys used it well actually i don't know that the pet shop boys used it but bobby orlando used it when he did the original 1984 version of West End Girls and EMI left it in when they did their rendition of it, which by the way, I think was brilliant. I love what EMI did with that track. Uh, regardless, I'm geeking out, but I mean, that was like a giant thing and it was too valuable to bring out to gigs to just trigger something. Right. So I just had a cool little, and it was 8-bit, but it would have been a really cool to have something I could just record on and try. Oh God, that would have been dangerous. I'd, I'd have just been an idiot with that thing. I know I would have been if I had that tech. And now everyone has it. And they may not even realize they have it, but it's there. Mm-hmm. Have you ever messed with the RMX 1000 or the EFX 500? No. The Pioneer mix? No. no. The EFX 500 was big. Like it's huge with um, certain DJs along the way. And then it got upgraded. But then we came out with the RMX 1000 and it had different knobs as well as build up and breakdown effects, as well as a sampler that you could do as a drum sample. So you could have a clap. So you could tap a clap on beat quantized and it would stick. Right. So if you're playing a track, you could suddenly have a clap come in whenever you wanted or a kick, hi-hat, whatever. (laughs) But one of the things it had was the ability to kill different frequencies so you look at me and say well jay would never use this to any great talent i used it for like a solid summer where i was using a 700 that had send return Mm -hmm. i don't think i played one song straight i think every song (laughs) i played i would start chopping like the mids out and i would start giving a roll to the low and i just had so because people would come up inevitably on like on my tea dance and different party sets be like man what version was that i'm like oh it's that's just the regular version really but i've never heard it do that stutter thing right like oh that was just me i turned this knob and i did this and i'm not the creative guy so when you look you are the creative guy what are you talking about but i don't think of it in musically that way until i got it in front of me but this Mm -hmm. is the thing about music when you read the old books about where things came from it's almost like saying you know, take a caveman and put him in today's society, what would he think? Right. Because the technology has expanded so far so fast. 
and things have gotten so crazy now mm-hmm. well, with technology. I mean, there's a great documentary on Martin Garrix, how he went from a mobile DJ and started doing his own tracks to two years later headlining at Ultra. And it's like, wait, what just happened? Right. Like, that's how quickly things can change in that realm. Avicii yeah. had the same sort of, you know, break. These Things just change very quickly because music is so accessible. Right. If I, if I could circle back to the Tea Party thing. Yeah. I had my experience with that because, you know. 20 I, bucks I, I is did, 20 bucks. I, well, no, I did oh. the, I did the, uh, you know, Max's Kansas City, but that was nighttime. But I right. would go in the city early and I would go into Washington Square Park and there would be a whole group of guys and they might only own one twelve hundred each. But there might be three or four of them on the table right. and they would set these up and I would be in awe. My jaw would be open. I'm like, my God, these guys are really talented doing really different stuff and then i'm like oh shit i gotta go time to set up you know but that was to me was amazing these guys were like taking consumer grade stuff and killing it in the park and they had a huge crowd around them and it was mesmerizing you know who 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 did that i saw it i was a part of it was it the very first practice and enjoy we we did that it was Rich Martinez, Al Martin, and uh, oh, what was that cat's name? His name is Brian. Uh, I can't remember his last name, but he was like this big DJ in Milwaukee for a long time. And then I was on the other deck. I was like the guy who shouldn't have been up there, but they were they were throwing stuff to each other. It was so cool. We were finishing yeah, each other's sentences. Yes. We each had, but we each had two decks. Wow! And, and and one guy had like a video rig, and one guy had twelve hundreds, and one guy had you know, like a, like a Denon 4,500 or 4,000 or whatever it was. We were just throwing it back and forth. It was so much fun. It, it was like tag team DJ. I was mesmerized, honest to God. I was it like, was, it was cool. I know I mean, how he is. My thoughts at the time were, I don't think I could ever learn to do that. I'm, I'm going to do what I do best and do lights and sound. <laughs> you could do it. You could do it. You it's, could figure it out. But, at but the it's time, the passion. I, I was mesmerized. You, you see the passion from the old days, and, I, and I'm old enough to remember when things were different and things were not, you know, you didn't have access to everything that you have now. And I think we take for granted that. There's a great documentary, it's on YouTube. I believe it's called like New York 77. And it's the summer of 77, so you have Son of Sam, you yeah. have the blackout, you have all this craziness. Yeah. Well, in the middle of it, you have DJs. Yeah, mm-hmm. like the early African Bambada battles in the park. And these yep. guys would have to get as many extension cords as they could find. Yeah, as they could. Yeah, yeah. Hook them up illegally into a light post. Yeah, you take the bottom piece off with the, with yeah. the special, you know, security screwdriver and tap into the power. That was the South Bronx thing they were doing. But you yeah. look at that and I'm almost envious, like, man, like you got up that morning and said, I got this piece of vinyl and I'm going to rock the world with it. It's I it's I I wish I'd been around for that period because I get excited to do a gig, but I'm I'm not very often excited to the level of like I have something 
like those New Year's Eve parties. I used to download music for those that I'd be like, oh, I cannot wait to drop this. People are going to go nuts. And I got a little taste of it. But the work that people had to put in carrying, I mean, my first yeah. amp was a Precedent AB900. That thing weighed like 18,000 pounds. It was like I me and a small kid trying to carry it. Then you get two PV 15-inch Black Widows with the horns on top. <laughs> I mean, it was a work. You had to earn yeah. your pay those They days. called them, I think it was uh, the Jamaican sound system. It, it yeah. was something they were wait, using wait. over there, and then they, they brought yeah. it here. And When uh, you said cool Black Widows, I was like, oh, my God. Everybody was replacing the 15s with Black Widows. So. Oh, yeah, because they sounded so good. Yeah. The, um, they the, were so heavy. The funny they were story. heavy. <laughs> oh, my God, were they heavy. Oh, the funny story I heard was uh, when Malcolm McLaren, he, he was in Manhattan for something, and somebody was telling him about this hip-hop movement that was going on. And he's like, well, I got to see this. So he gets in his limousine you know, and goes to South Bronx, and they're doing this thing you're talking about. They're in the park. It's like Cool Herc or Flash or somebody's doing a thing. Right. And, and they, they pull up and it's like, it's rough. You know, they're starting to come up to the car and he's like, get me the hell out of here. So he just get out of yeah. there. But from that, the guy was inspired to do Buffalo Gals. Right. Just from that, like, well, pulling up and wow. checking it out and then buzzing off. Wow. You know, I'd love to go to Ibiza someday or Ibiza or how, whoever's going to correct my pronunciation on it. <laughs> I would love to go to Ibiza at some point. Yeah, Ibiza or Ibiza. Hey, but Jay, I would much rather the, be able if I had pill. to go to a club. Jay, don't take yeah, the no, pill. I'm not. No, I'm not. No, no, don't, don't take it. No, 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 I, uh, no, no, that dork from American Idol. His only hit. Yeah, I said it. Poser. Yeah, exactly. Oh. It's pronounced poser. Yeah, whatever. whatever. Don't worry. We can poser. edit that out. But I would much poser. rather be able to go to a loft night or a garage night. I mean, and Howie, this is not, I've said this way before you disclosed your former career. I have said it before. I'll say it again. The greatest name of a nightclub ever to me is Max's Kansas City. I, I know. It the just... stories I heard before oh, you. God. It just... It, just like I said, I told you guys about a group last week. Brian, I don't know if you were here. King's X. If you don't know them, look them up. And their album after Out of a Silent Planet is the greatest album title ever. Gretchen Goes to Nebraska. I mean, there you go. Wow. What's the name of the album, guys? Gretchen Goes to Nebraska. How can oh, you forget okay. that? That's my point. Came out yeah. in like 79, 80. I still remember it because it's like, what's the album title? Gretchen Goes to Nebraska. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think what people mistaken sometimes is when we reminisce about old music and old days, they view it as, oh, boomers talking about the old days. It was so much better. It's not a comparative point to today. No. The no. issue was there was a desire and a passion and a mm -hmm. level of love that music was delivered to you in small doses. Mm -hmm. on not a steady diet so when you received it you ate it with enjoyment you mm -hmm. loved it you listened to it like you couldn't tear yourself away if there was a fire yeah today 
I can rip through Billboard's charts and judge all of this artistic work in a blink of an eye. You know, you make I a couldn't good point do that there. back then. You know, we could go to a fast food restaurant and be out of there in 10 minutes, or you, we could be at a nice restaurant and have a four-hour meal and really savor Music it. was a meal. Yeah, that's a great savor. comparison. Great analogy, great metaphor. Music yeah. was a meal, and you, yeah. you enjoyed it. And it's yeah. the difference between saying, you know what, I want this, but I want it with this on the side, and I don't want it with the artichoke. I want it with something mm. else instead. Mm-hmm. No, you go into the restaurant, you say things like, you know what, let the chef just, just cook something cool for me. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I had a guy who was a road manager for Bad Company. I think I've told this. Beggar's Banquet, Harvard Square. This would have been 1979, 1980. And I, they sold used records. And I when I found them, Harvard. I'm like... I thought it was Harvard. Harvard, yeah. Harvard. Drop all the eyes. <laughs> and I would walk in there, and the first time I found out about it, they're like, hey, have you been to Beggar's Banquet? I'm like, no. Oh, they sell used records. I'm like, wait, what? I don't have to pay $19? Where is this place? Went there. And I went up to the counter. I'll never forget. I walk up to the counter, and I had, like, Kiss Destroyer. Mm. Or no, Kiss Love Gun, because I'd already gotten Destroyer. So I had Kiss Love Gun like Ted Nugent, Cat Scratch Fever, and something else. And the guy behind the counter looks at me and goes, you, you like this stuff? I said, yeah, it's great. Why? I was like 15. <laughs> He's like, Challenging the kid. he goes, what do you like about it? I said, I play guitar. I like the guitar. He goes, oh, you, you like guitar. Mm. All right, I'll tell you what. I'll make a deal with you. I'll replace these albums with three other albums. You take them, same price. If you don't like them, you come back tomorrow, and I'll give you these albums. Okay. He gave me Derek and the Dominoes Anthology. Ooh. The Yardbirds, um, Greatest Hits. Ooh. And Sun Seals, Live and Burning in Chicago. Wow. And I went home, and I don't want to offend anybody on this, but the only thing I can akin the feeling to when I dropped the needle on all this music was the first time I saw a Playboy magazine. <laughs> <laughs> it was that same sensation of, ooh, I, I Yardbirds. I'm like, wait, wait a second. They're covering Aerosmith with train cap rolling. Mm-hmm. What, what is this? And then I turn it over and I go, who are these guitar players? Are these unknowns? Eric Clapton, Jimmy Page, Jeff Beck. Jeff Beck, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, shape of things to come. Like, oh yeah. my God. Next, literally, could, next day, go back in. Had gotten like five bucks from mowing a lawn. Walk in, I'm like, what else more. you got? And then you got me Jeff Beck Truth or something. I'm like, shoot home, drop the needle because we've ended his lovers. And I'm like, my life is different now. Yeah, Bobby. Mm-hmm. I don't even know his last name, but he, he told me he was a former tour manager for Bad Company. And even then, he didn't turn me on to like, because I'm like, oh, yeah, I've got Desolation Angels, which was the newest like rock and roll fantasy Bad, bad Company. He goes, yeah, but do you have Bad Company? I'm like, no. Oh, here, no. You got to get this and Seagull. I'm like, really? What's that? Like, that's the way music was delivered to me. There was nowhere else to go. I could read Rolling Stone. 
I could read Circus, Hit Parade, Cream, mm -hmm. but you got to understand from a music lover's standpoint, the thing we loved the most was almost elusive. You had to search it out. Well, to if you you know to to bring it back, I mean, I know exactly what you're saying, mm. uh, it, and it's it's a matter of accessibility, and it's a matter of distractions or lack yeah. thereof. So if you think about, mm -hmm. you know, somebody who's, you know, even 30 now, what do they got? They got all this stuff on the internet to look at. They've got video games. They've, they've got social media. There's all these things to distract them. When we were young, there wasn't a lot. Now, or TV channels. And usually it was soap operas <laughs> or the news or some bullshit yeah. golf going on on right, a Saturday. Yeah. So what do you But it made it better because you had to find things and you yeah. put in the effort. And entertain yourself with something. I grew. So I mean, it was always music, you know. I would drive twenty miles to a record yeah. store yeah. when I ended up getting my license. There was a place that sold a lot of metal albums, and I'm like, yeah. they had a lot of imports. I would end up driving like twenty miles, and and felt like I was king of the friggin' world because I'd come home with like the import version of something, and I didn't know anyone that had it, but I heard it on like a 2 a.m. Yeah. radio show that I right. had to like wake up for and the guy's <laughs> right. playing only Euro stuff. And I'm like, wait, what is this? I've never uh -huh. heard of Iron Maiden before. Yeah. Who, who are these people? You Boom. needed a big brother growing up. You just missed I out. didn't have that though, Brian. And you needed it. No, I didn't. So that's oh, the thing. Man. So I had to do that journey. You had to like I've said, yeah. I, I, the, the, memories, the memories that'll go to the grave with me, sitting on Pilgrim Road in Belmont, putting on the headphones in a dark room, reaching over, lifting the dust cover of a one piece. I don't even remember the manufacturer, but it was receiver. The bottom was like the brown covered with the speaker and then the turntable and dropping the needle on carry on the wayward sun in the pitch black of my room and hearing it when there's no other sensation in the room, no sight, no taste, no smell. And everything is focused on the all I need auditory. is the air that I breathe in to love you. And it's Sorry. just, you sit there and you feel your head just go somewhere. And you're like, I love that. Wow. Music, <laughs> music is as strong as any drug. It's as strong as love and hate. Yeah. And it won't destroy me along the way. It, it won't a, turn on me. It won't, be, it won't defriend mm, me. I have a prediction. John's going to call this show old men reminisce about old stuff. You know, oh, so, oh, great. Oh, so you're set to the tone with your damn video now. <laughs> To bring it back around, I, I did want right. to just point this out. Okay. Like I had said earlier, and, and I, I think it kind of, uh, we, we said it in a way where we just kind of like, you know, passed over. Yeah, it, it, it makes a difference, the distractions that you have and the options that you have. Oh, the fewer yeah. options you have, you, you're going to find something and you're going to go with it. So I have to exercise empathy with newer DJs, ooh, ooh, ooh. with younger DJs who have these distractions, yet they still choose DJing. Right. That's pretty cool. They could be doing a lot of things. It is. I've cool. got a, I've got a, a, a nephew, you know, and, and of course I've known his whole life and I know the kind of kid he is. And he had quite a few options growing up. He could have done a lot of things. His mother and father, uh, are avid hot rodders, my sister and my brother-in-law, that did rub off on him. And he's decided to do that. And he's done that. And he's, oh boy, he, he's built some insane stuff. And he, he works 
professionally in the automotive industry and he's got the funds to do what he wants to do and he does exactly what he wants to do and he knows what he's doing he could have just been some video game kid because i mean my my sister's affluent this kid could have done anything he chose to go that route that's cool that's cool he decided that he wanted to pay attention he took an interest and he did it i like that i like that it, it more choices but still chose something cool you know and it's the same thing with djing yeah there's a lot of things you'd be doing out there there's videos you'd be doing stupid youtube videos seeing how many peas you can stick up your nose and probably you know make quite <laughs> a bit of money monetizing that kind of crap make a but note what you is decide to dj you this decide to do thing? That. hold on i gotta make a note about this one peas and up okay. your nose how many peas can you get up your nose and they have to be frozen ones before yeah. you it's sneeze. all it's all for the views before you yeah. sneeze or have to go to the doctor well <laughs> you know we, by del monte <laughs> this, yeah sponsors that's oh, what i need sponsors. Oh, <laughs> thank you john that was good <laughs> i i think you need to you need to sometimes as we've often said you need to learn the history if not and it's not an issue of if you don't know it you're destined to you know repeat it it's <laughs> right. more a matter of it just gives you a perspective i yeah. think one of the, the great compliments of my life as an artist dj oftentimes don't come to me after a full dance floor at a wedding they come to me by the random guy or gal that comes up to me and says this this Thelonious monk i'm like yeah oh man i remember seeing him in a, and i you know i did a new year's eve where a guy came up and he goes gave me 20 bucks no joke intended howie but literally at the new year's <laughs> eve comes up and he goes this is for you i'm like oh thank you so much he goes I haven't had a night like this. And this is like 10 o'clock on a night that's going to 1.30 in the morning. He goes, you are bringing, you are flooding me with memories of the loft and the Paradise Garage. And I'm like, yeah. you were at Paradise Garage? Yeah. He's like, yeah. oh, we would see Larry every week. Now, this is a guy at the time. This has got to wow. be 2010, 11, 12 in San Diego. And he's like, oh. The club scene back then, you if this is what you love, you would have loved it. And I almost wanted to hit stop and go, all right, everyone go to the bar. I just want to talk to this guy for like 10 minutes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But that's, you know, and that's where the excitement comes in. And it it translates, I think, for DJs watching this who don't get what we're saying, I'll give you what it translates down to that you'll understand. When you go to a DJ show and you walk through the hallway, and you overhear a conversation or you get in a conversation and you Mm. get that hallway info and knowledge and you walk away with a nugget that's what we're talking about yeah that was life with music back then and it still is it well it still is i still get excited i mean you know dj john c my boy in boston sent me a, a little something something i don't know what's on it but i'm excited because now i have new something I have new right. music that I get to listen right. to. I have new music that I get to enjoy. And it's it's got to keep going forward. Don't ever get stuck in music. Don't ever stop. Mm-hmm. Don't ever say, oh, that's enough. I've got what I need. I get mm-hmm. so upset when I hear DJs go, oh, I got 2,000 files. I kill it at weddings. You probably do. And you're delivering a, a McDonald's hamburger. And you know what? If that's all they mm-hmm. accept and want, that's mm-hmm. cool. But you know what? Mm-hmm. There's a lot better cuts out there. 
don't don't yeah. don't make yourself McDonald's when you can be Wagyu tomahawks. I thought he was going to say ragu, spaghetti sauce. And this makes no friggin' sense considering I don't eat either of those. So, yeah. Don't make yourself iceberg when you could be romaine. Uh, yeah. Just go eat your lawn. You'll feel better. It's about better that. for yeah. you than it's better for you than iceberg. Romaine yeah. is the darker the green, the higher the like vitamin level. Yeah. Yep. Nice. That's good to know. No, I. Uh, I'm excited to turn you guys on to the Cameron Paul stuff. Just I can't wait. Hear it. I can't wait. Yeah, no, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be good. And we're going to try to do this every week now. We're going to give you at least one artist a week. Even if I have to do the back work, I'm fine with it. We're going to give you at least one artist, one name, every show we do for the rest of 2022 that you can then go back to and say, ooh, I didn't know about this. He was a friend. Let, let me share something with you. Just you go ahead, fill time for like 30 seconds. I'll be right back. I, I got a so long time to talk, uh, Brian. Jay, I don't know if I Jay, really have anything Jay, I, I don't think, come up with. I That's... don't think you can fill 30 seconds, Jay. 30 oh seconds. God. 30 seconds. Man. So you, were you in the city when Estonia Hotel was like the big thing? Or mm-hmm. Ansonia? Yeah. Were you there like the bathhouse days or I, Plato's days? Or um, after? No, um, after. Uh, I was way after too young. After both? But but I remember reading about it in Playboy. <laughs> oh yeah, well it's like that's the Bette Midler, like, Barry Manilow, but it, but it creaked and me Frankie out Knuckles, bit. Frankie Knuckles DJed there. Yeah, well, yeah. And, and Bette Midler played there, and um, Barry Manilow was her Barry Manilow her pianist. Was her pianist? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I remember hearing about. I was old enough. I mean, I was 13, 14 when Plato's was running around, and I just remember being like. You got to be kidding me. And then by the time they got closed, I am yeah. old enough to go, but didn't go because I was in Boston. And it's like, I really don't yeah. want to go. But it, there was a, you know, there was a certain. Yeah, see, I missed. A we lot didn't have the Internet, that. everybody. Don't judge. Don't start judging. No, well, I missed. I said this before. I missed. Times Square was not a good I place. And I see the seven you know, nights a week. So right. I didn't get to. And, you know, I was at didn't have time. I yeah, when I see these people with Times Square yeah. for the ball drop and everything's clean and Disney, I'm like, dude, Ooh, 20, 25 right, years ago, you couldn't stand there. So what I have I like here the, in my hand, I like these the t-shirt, are DJ-specific tools that Cameron Paul produced. These are no tracks. Kidding. These wow. are DJ tools. So let me, let me show you what I'm talking about. Just set this down. Um, and I know I have more. Don't you just love it? Like you bring up a random artist and he goes, Oh, I'll be right back. With yeah, about I'll be right back. So, yeah. so this, this is a series that he did called Cameron Paul's Loops. And uh, I've got, I think, volume one through 10. Uh, 10 classic funky beats, bass lines, and music to rap and mix with. So these wow. are DJ tools here. Um, I got a bunch of these. Wow. And then. They go in colors and stuff. All courtesy of the uh, late, great Mike Guy. Oh, this was part of his collection? Some, mm. Well, most of it was. Some of it I had already. Oh, here we go. Cameron Paul's Beats and Pieces. Kind of more of the same kind of stuff. But these were things that DJs had. And this wasn't like you know, hit records. These were things that he put together. Are these like minute tracks? Uh, they're loops. And uh, let's see. Low and Slow. 100 BPM, 
Uh, three minutes, 16 seconds. Okay. 900 beats, 110 BPM, two minutes, 46 seconds. I mean, you know, looks like a lot of the stuff is between 250 and 320 on here. Wow. And then he's got little scratch things, too. Um, yeah, there he is on the back. This is the, the picture of the guy. Um, yeah, he did not look like what he does. Yeah, he looked right. like a Coke dealer in the 80s. I'm sorry. Yeah, 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 with the gold chain. yeah no. Yeah. Miami yeah. Vice was calling him going, you're sure you're not a dealer? No, I'm not. I'm yeah. a DJ. <laughs> yep, this was what white guys look like before Vanilla Ice, pretty much. Yes. And th these are mixes. <laughs> th these are fun. I mean, th there's a lot of different kinds of stuff on here. Several tracks. These are like the, um, the wah samples and the pump, pump, pump it up and all that stuff. I have a whole bunch of these too. Like a lot of these, he issued several. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> that was just his tools for DJs. That doesn't count the songs that he actually, you know, remixed and produced that were, uh, you know, club hits. This was just stuff that DJs had to do what they, you know, the performances and things. Yeah. So I just thought I'd share that. Mm. He, uh, That's awesome. He was a DJ, it, DJ oh, you know. But see, again, this is something that back in the day you would have had to make conscious decisions about do i skip lunch and get two of these loop discs yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. or do i need I the newest <laughs> lisa lisa in the cold jam single or should yeah. i drop a funky beat uh -huh. oh i know like i i think it's the you know what it's the technology but let's be blunt it's the investment it's mm -hmm. the freaking investment oh, i mean to be a DJ back in the day was expensive. Even when I started in the 90s, my music was all acquired by me buying it. Mm -hmm. I had like hundreds mm -hmm. and hundreds of CDs. I had to go buy them. I had to find them. I had to buy them. I had to ask questions. Now, you look at that and go, oh, poor Jay. Look, Brian's got 12,000 pieces of vinyl. Yeah, that's an investment. They're both investments. Now, I mean, I look at Craigslist and I see people going like, oh, I'm selling a 400 gig hard drive with music on it. And I'm like, Wait, what? Like, you know, or I'm joining a pool and I can get unlimited downloads for 20 bucks a month. Forget the artist getting paid or anything, but, you know, the only benefit of it is this. If you don't know what to download, you don't know what to download. Yeah. I can give you all the ingredients and all the spices and the exact same stuff that the master chef next to you has, and I'll give you the exact same recipe. Do you really believe your version will taste the same as his? Because it won't. Mm. I can give you Brian S. Red's entire music collection and send you off to a gig. If you don't know what to play or why, you're, it doesn't matter lost. if you have you're it. You're lost. So yeah. speak, speaking yeah. of the latest Lisa Lisa and Cult Jam single, I'll, I'll leave you with this. Alrighty. And it was just something that, that happened to me recently that I thought was funny. And it was to do with Lisa Lisa. Funny and cool all at the same time. Just what a small world we live in, you know. So when I was at Welcome to Rockville and I was, you know, doing the, the set in the Swisher booth. Yep. A guy came up to me, an older cat, uh, <laughs> with really long blonde hair, and he told me that he, he did the CC DeVille tribute thing. And he gave me a flyer. It was a really nice guy. And he got up on the stage and he sang on Skinny Bop. 
it's a vague memory. It was a long weekend, but I remember it happening. So I get this friend request and I look at the thumbnail and I'm thinking, is that that dude? And uh, I'm, I'm looking at his name. I'm like, I, I don't remember his name, you know, being Bob, but maybe it was Bob. I don't know. And I Googled this guy and, I, and this guy friend requested me, mind you. It's Bob Rosenberg from Will to Power. Wow. He looks like CC DeVille. He, well, that's why muscles. I was confused, yeah. but the muscles didn't yeah. make sense because this guy didn't have those muscles. Yeah. Do you this remember is... Will? Do you remember Will to Power, Jay? Oh, yeah. I remember Will to Power. Yeah. yeah say it's going to rain, dreaming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it was kind of like, that's pretty so he's cool gone that... from that to being a poison tribute band. Good for no, him. No, it's not the same guy. I just thought it was that guy because I oh. just met him. Oh. I'm like, Boy, he did. I didn't remember his arms being big like that. And then I looked and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's what? Oh, okay. Never. Oh, mind. so they're not the same guy? No. no oh, no. okay. It was him and his wife who was, were will to power. Ah, they still are gotcha. will to power. But, not but the he same wants guy. to be your friend now. He is my friend now, but I didn't know who it okay. was. I'm going to say, who is this guy? And I let it sit for a while because I went, I don't know. But yeah, that's, that's who it is. And it was wow. cool because I'm a fan. You know? Yeah, no, yeah. yeah Will yeah. to Power was awesome. I uh, love Will to Power. So it was nice that he was flattered. Wow, this guy was reaching out to me. That's so cool. Small world stuff. I just, I just thought it was neat. And uh, this is true. I wow. had the same thing happen with um, uh, Herb Pump Powers, where, you know, I, I'm all, I don't know if you knew who Her- Herbie Powers is or Herb Jr. is, but he was the guy who he, he worked for a mastering. Uh, company. Oh, where, was he the one company that did all the mastering and pressing? He was the big, the big one, the, the one, big one. Yeah, the one in the same building as Studio Fifty Four and. Yes, that. yes, yes, yes. I Upstairs. do know that name. Yeah, yeah. And, no, and, well, and I know he, of him. He cut, you know, Shannon's let the music play. He cut all that Africa Mabata stuff, and yeah, I mean, just and you, during the day, like huge back information then. society. Everybody wanted him to cut the records because yeah. He was able to somehow he got more bass out of records than anybody else could when he would master them. Yeah. Guy Facebook friend of me. I mean, it's such a cool small world like that. That's awesome. You know, it, it's not like we're we're I mean, it's rock and roll, but it's like guitar players, you know. Yeah, but still. No, I mean, but if they see what you're doing and they're trying to friend and, you. Yeah, I love know? it. I think it's That's so awesome. cool. Yeah. It's I'm friends with a couple of young ladies now from Russia. Um today. <laughs> I don't really know what they do. <laughs> they're guys they're guys dude what's that <laughs> they're i guys. thought i thought she had a thick mustache <laughs> well if she doesn't have a thick mustache now she will in about three years because russians have no shelf life when it comes to that kind of stuff oh. yeah, it just is what it is you know i came up with an alternate uh title for the video yeah music discovery mm. uh, has a nicer yeah. ring to it yes well boys I, shall we check out some cameron paul Sure, let's yeah. do that. Yeah, well, let's we'll do it. So it. we'll have to end it first. Okay. With that, we need to bid you all goodbye. Thank you so much for watching. Thanks, everybody. and uh, yeah, I like your idea, Jay. Let's try to introduce somebody new every week. Yeah, that you might every do, week you might I, not I, know I, about. I, yeah, I like. Yeah, even, and even if it's people that are, like you know are big, it doesn't have to be too deep diving, but maybe something that someone could hear or name or just something where they could spend five ten minutes and be like you know what? I do like this. Let me do, look a little deeper and then find their own little way of almost a crate dig, almost a, sure. 
do what we used to do where someone would say have you do you know who so and so is Just no i fun. don't you should go check them out and you had to make the effort to go look and we won't always mm-hmm. do somebody who's you know was was just a, house. 40 years ago well right, we'll, right. Go, we'll do new stuff we'll do all kinds of stuff just stuff we think is cool sure. maybe you yeah. might like so anyway all right thank you so much for tuning in jay peace howie thank you we'll see you next time thanks guys good night all